back to another episode of Just a Quick Pinch. I'm your host, Connie Wang. Today, as you can tell from the title, I am super excited to have on not only one, but two guests for this relationship-centered episode. So basically some backstory, you guys. Uh, ever since I started Just a Quick Pinch, I always knew I wanted this to be something that not only covered like self-help and career advice and like general lifestyle, but I also wanted to include the topic of dating and relationships because, you know, us us ladies in healthcare, okay, we all want someone to share our student loan debt with. Quiet on the set. The little one is restless today. Which is, you're giving away the surprise. Okay, stay quiet. The special guest is Ellie. No, okay, which is why I'm super excited to bring on the guest of this week is Elizabeth Karina at Elizabeth Karina Coaching. She is a dating coach that, get this, specializes in modern, successful, high-achieving women. Um, I learned so much from her. I thought our conversation was super interesting, and I will preface this by saying she specifically specializes in helping women that are looking for male partners, but I really do want to eventually broaden this as well to have guests that have experience with coaching women interested in women as well, or men interested in men. Since this is a relationship-focused episode, I thought we could also touch upon relationship tips for those that are already in relationships as well during today's Hot Girl Huddle. And for that, he kind of ruined the surprise, but I am joined today by none other than my second guest, my dog co-parent, my roommate, and the love of my life, my boyfriend Jimmy. Um, we've been huddled around this like one microphone for the last minute I've been talking, and for the most part he's been pretty good being quiet, but uh, welcome Jimmy, welcome back. Hey everyone, how's it going? Uh, been a little bit. Okay, I gave Jimmy a little bit too much freedom the other day. He had an entire episode to himself. If you guys are curious, you can listen to that. That was his episode while I was studying for I'm boards. I'm sure you already did. Yeah. I'm sure it was your favorite episode. You know, and there are a couple of reviews that are for five stars that say more Jimmy content, please. I'm pretty sure I created a monster, but... We're <laughs> giving the people what they wanted. Uh, I also know that that was my brother that made that five star review. So... <laughs> Um, okay, so anyways, Jimmy, I have you here today for the hot girl huddle, but we're, we're going to do the hot girl huddle, and then we're going to give also our best relationship advice. So let's start with the hot girl huddle. Hit it, Connie. Oh, sorry. Hit it, editing Connie. Alrighty, so I thought last week's healthcare horoscope with picking the tarot card was actually pretty fun. Um, so we're going to do that this week. Okay, so let me pull up the cards. Have you? Ooh, is this like card captors? What is card captors? You never saw the anime card captor Sakura? No. It's a good one. Okay. Um, for some reason, every time I pull one of these cards, it's always upside down. It's always like reverse. Uh -huh. And a card being reversed, by the way, has like a different meaning. Okay. But I think it's just because I haven't shuffled these well enough. So do you want to help me shuffle? Yeah. Okay. Connie and I learned recently that neither of us know how to shuffle. <laughs> yeah. We tried to play a game and it... Both of us just kept, had literally, like, five of the same cards well, in our hands. Also, to, we should preface this, too, by saying that I hate games. I hate board games. I hate any sort of, like, game that I can lose. I don't want to play. Which is, like, really unfortunate. <laughs> I think it's my worst I trait. I love games. I know. But, okay, but think of this as a game. Why don't we play tarot cards together? Yeah, well, you know, the other card game we were playing was the Digimon trading card game that came out in 2020. Yeah, that, that one wasn't the same. Not yeah, as fun. Um, I've developed a bad card habit lately. Um, thankfully, he, you guys, it's not he a got gambling the... issue. No, uh, it's I'm a, just spending five hundred dollars on Digimon cards. What? That's how much you spent? No, it hasn't been that much yet. Okay. <laughs> <He> <laughs> We're getting there. Wait, you guys, he literally got one of those like geeky binders. I'm sorry for anyone out there that has this stuff. I, I didn't mean to call it geeky in a bad way. 
I meant geeky in a good way. Um, he got one of those like binders that has like the sleeves in it that you can like put the little cards yeah. in. Oh my god, it's great. I'm in like my like nine year old prime again. But also, like, I didn't realize when I was little that you could just buy, like, an entire box of booster packs. I thought you always just had to slum it and buy one at a time. Buy a whole box. And it's usually cheaper than if you had bought the same amount of cards. I feel like so. they're going to be, like, stealing from our kids someday. Like, they're going to be like, Mom, I can't find this ultra-rare card yeah. that I lost. Not going to lie, I, today, in Newbury Comics, noticed that they really didn't have their trading cards well secured, and I was like, I could risk it all for these cards. That's what was taking you so long <laughs> in Newbury Comics. Okay, so Jimmy and I, today, just to preface, we were going to have a productive Sunday, and then somehow we ended up driving, like, 40 minutes to get to a mall, <laughs> just for fun. Um, but anyways, I can do a haul for you guys later. I have shuffled the cards now. Okay. Healthcare horoscopes. Okay, this is the card for this week. Oh my gosh, and it was um it was right side up, so that means that we shuffled it well. Okay, okay good job. Okay, good job, Amy. Right. Okay, so this is I don't know what this card is actually. Wait, Let usually it says the thing. It says it right there. Right, eight. No. Okay, one second. Let me uh look up what this one means. Okay. No, this isn't eight of swords. That's what it says. It's an eight and there's some swords. Where are you seeing these swords? I don't know. Okay, um so we got the strength card, which I'm pretty sure is just a card in it of itself. So, wait, go to Wikipedia. Wait, there's a look. This is this. I was on the website biddyterret.com. <laughs> Yo, Biddy Terret. No, look, that's Eight of Swords. This is something also, else. Also, Connie strange. says Terret and it. <laughs> Sorry, Tarot. Like a wall. No, wait. I only say Terret when I'm. Yeah, I don't know. I should say it like that. I don't know. Okay, so this is good. Why is then, everyone in this room really talking right now? Dip, uh, Even Ellie. She likes dipping her hummus with caros, though. <laughs> A bunch of puns. That was a good one. You're allowed one pun. One pun per episode. Okay, so we have confirmed the card of the week, you guys, for the week of May 16th is the strength card upright, which means the keywords for this week are going to be strength, courage, persuasion, influence, compassion. Is that it? Is there any other yeah. meaning? Wait, hold on. Okay. So what you're saying is like this isn't a week to skip leg day. Do you ever do leg day? Do you go to the show? I don't do any of the days. <laughs> um, so but maybe if strength is the card of the week, I should really, like, focus on that. Yeah. Or am I going to need to, like, pull for my inner strength? Oh, look. Okay, this biddyterret.com says the definition of this is the strength card represents strength, obviously, determination, and power. And then it says... Uh, like the chariot. Yes, it also says that. It says strength is about knowing you can endure life's obstacles. You have great stamina and persistence, balanced with underlying patience and inner calm. You are committed to what you need to do, and you go about it in a way that shows your composure and maturity. I think this is positive. Did you hear last week's? You didn't listen to last week's, did you? No, I Last didn't. week's card was, like, kind of negative, and it, like, really bumped well, me out. that's okay. This one seems good. Uh, all right, how are you going to apply this? Okay, to listen week? to this. Biddy Tarrant says... No, I don't want to know what Biddy Tarrant says. I want to know what Connie Wang Okay, so for says. me... Okay, and then, good idea. Mm -hmm. Then you go after me. Yeah. Okay, so for my week, I feel like this is actually perfect because I am starting externship this week. So for those of you guys that don't know, it's basically five weeks where I'm at, like, a community 
um, health center. So it's kind of like more of basically working for free. But I heard like, you know, I'm gonna be doing a lot of fillings, extractions, stuff like that. But I'm really gonna expand my skills. I hear a lot of people go to externship and then they come back a lot faster than they were before and a lot like more skilled, hopefully. So I'm just honestly excited to like learn more. But yeah, I think the strength card, it'll give me the strength to like face my fears and like push myself to like be better. Okay. What about you for this week? Um, this week, I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, who knows? I might need some courage at work. Always, always need a bit of that. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> it's tough out here for healthcare workers, peeps. It is tough. <laughs> um, but uh, let's see. Uh, I think this week I'm going to use courage because I, so I, as we were saying, I just bought a bunch of Digimon cards and I'd like to actually go play it uh so i looked up a couple different like card shops where you can actually play digimon and like learn how to play so i'm gonna try to at least get out there and do that i'm uh, excited starting a new hobby always definitely I, I think you need a little bit of like courage that like leap of faith to oh yeah you're you're, you're gonna out. get crushed out there <laughs> i'm gonna get destroyed these i feel like a 12 year old's gonna school me absolutely you're how to play a, uh, this digimon game it is six plus so I guess that's... Could be a six-year-old, too. It's a fair game. It's not like... Or like, a high-achieving five-year-old, maybe. Yeah, but... Uh, that one's gonna hurt. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it all works. But Connie's gonna train me up before. Uh, we have an exciting rematch You know how I'm gonna tonight. train you? It's because I act like a six-year-old yeah. when I lose. <laughs> She's a child. Um, <laughs> she was complaining before she even understood the rules. Um, okay, She one, didn't even give it a chance. I, one, I had seasonal allergies while you were trying to explain. I couldn't see the cards because my eyes are itchy. Yeah. Well, and then she yelled at me while I was trying to explain. The people on the podcast know, for the last two weeks, my opening line has been talking about my allergies. Yeah. Well, if anyone <laughs> or anyone's boyfriends want to learn how to play the Digimon card game, uh, we can certainly arrange uh, something if you sign up on the Patreon that we don't have. What? <laughs> okay. I don't know. I'm just thinking. You're things giving to me dangle. more things to do. Uh, yeah. Oh, to like work on. I don't know. Would you guys like a Patreon? I think that's something. No. That, I think not yet. If we had a Patreon and there was just like more like me like bullshitting, like I was thinking about having like a so offshoot called the Influencers Boyfriend, because uh, there's so many influencer no, 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 boyfriends no. out here. It was, it, was, it was a better name. Yeah. In network. Oh uh, uh, yeah. No. That, you might have thought that's what I said. I didn't come up with that name. You came up with that name. No, I never said that. I, I said the I influencer's was, boyfriend. No, you said in-network, like doctors in-network, like insurance. No, I did not say that. But, like, okay, it might be in-network now. No, I mean, I don't think it's that good. The creative director <laughs> over here. I uh, just wanted to encourage you because I, I like that you were being creative. I didn't think anyways, it was that good. Anyways, I feel like wouldn't, like, you know, I, let me know if your boyfriends would like, uh, you know, offshoot podcasts where they can, like, you know, relate to another average Joe that got stuck uh, dating an influencer that has these crazy ideas like starting podcasts, going to dental school after having a doctorate level degree already, and oh, so much more. But then again, what's to expect? She ended up dating me. That was a pretty crazy move. Red flag. Right there. <laughs> Yeah, I, I made the first move. But they, I love you that. so much, Nickelodeon. Okay, can we get back? Okay, stop. Can we get back to this card? <laughs> she doesn't like PDA at all. I and hate I just PDA. Her a big smooch. This is like the ultimate form of PDA because it will live on for the <laughs> for the eons. It's alright. In soundbite form. Just a, just a little kiss on the cheek. Just like the longest form of PDA possible. Okay. <laughs> anyways, um, let me go back to the strength card. I want to just do one more summary. Wait, we still have what? Uh, no, I, I mean like okay, this is just one what last do summary. What people need from this? Your strength. <laughs> Okay, fittytarot.com, this last part. Your strength gives you the courage, you guys. 
No, wait, sorry. Your strength gives you the confidence to overcome any growing fears, challenges, or doubts. Feel the fear and do it anyways. That's one of my favorite quotes. Remember the time my friend Ken's was on, like, the voicemail of the week? And she said that? Yeah. So, okay, I sure. like that one. <laughs> so. I remember every word if, that's been spoken on this podcast. If you've been going through a rough time and are burnt out or stressed, the strength card encourages you to find the power within yourself to persevere. You've got what it takes. Okay, that's guys. because we're burnt out over here yeah. in the Hanshaw Wang household. Even Ellie's burned out. I can yeah. tell. Uh, she's just kind of She's like, not chewing the way she used to. Uh, yeah. Out of sorts. Okay, so anyways, that was this week's Healthcare Horoscopes. Now, time for Spit Talk. Alrighty, Jimmy. So, I feel like we kind of just uh, spoiled Spit Talk for a lot of people with, like, externship, I guess, but... Um, Is that a spoil? That That's more for next week, because, like, you haven't done it yet. Yeah, but I was going to talk about how I'm excited for it. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. We're, I'm excited, too. Get you out of the house all those times. Yeah. Oh, actually, uh, you know why I'm excited for this externship? Also, yes, I'm excited for this externship because I get to improve my skills. The I get Vietnamese to learn a lot. Food. Blah, blah, blah. Um, one, the Vietnamese food near there is supposed to be really good. And then, two, I get Wednesdays off, which is just like, holla. But also, I kind of ruined it for myself, and I booked some patients on Wednesdays anyway, so it's not really going to be a break. If anything, it's going to be, like, actually worse. <laughs> But whatever, maybe they'll cancel. I'm. We'll see. I try to protect this girl from doing too much, and she just keeps doing. Yeah, too much. no. But the problem is, I do too much faster than you try to protect me. So by the time you're like, don't do too much, I'm like too late. I already booked people. Yeah. Anyways. Messed up. Um, do you want to tell people about our fun fairy ride last night? Our uh, romantic date. Well, I, I, <laughs> let's back up a little bit. Um, okay, Ellie. So, Ellie literally wants to be part of this podcast right now. She hears, like, Jimmy and I talking to this microphone. She's like, oh, is that a friend? She's like, grandma, grandpa, this one? Yeah. Anyways. Um, so, let's see. Did we do anything Friday? No, we literally or, like, did during nothing Friday. The week. No, not really. Uh, oh, we went on a date to the Indian place. No, oh, yeah, people yeah, don't need yeah. to hear about this. Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah, go no, on. No, we just cake out on Friday because we were both just, like, super tired. Um, but then Saturday, um, we had to go to new york uh for long my, island my old uh, roommate uh, from college matt's engagement party he had had a little Woo! surprise engagement him and his now fiance it's cute time uh, we were in like a big gazebo um there was pizza and other assorted italian foods we had a really good time but uh we also spent probably two hours there um <laughs> and about 10 hours in the car um, and poor <laughs> Ellie was here by herself. I mean, uh, like nine hours in the car and like an hour on a ferry. Um, so the ferry was like a good option. However, it wasn't the option like we had planned for. Uh, Connie, you want to tell people what you did? So we're leaving the party and then Jimmy's like, okay, put in the GPS for like the way to get home. And I'm like, okay. So me being like me, I just put in our address and then I just clicked like fastest route not paying attention to how part of this route went over a body of water. What, what was the body of water we went over? The Long Island Sound. Okay, I didn't notice that the path we went through went over the Long Island Sound. <laughs> I didn't think, I think about that. I think that's what it is. I'm not even done. Um, but then, so then, like, we're driving for a good, like, hour, and then Jimmy's like, wait a minute, something's off. I'm knocked out, by the way. Like, it's safe to yeah. say, if we're driving more than 20 minutes, I'm, like, out like a light. Like a light. And I, Like, I probably should have registered we were going the wrong way, but, like, we were tired, like, we just yeah. wanted, like, to get home, and then... So I'm, like, softly snoring, right? I'm like, me, 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 and then Jimmy's like, 
oh my god, Connie. And then I'm like, what? And he's like, you put in the directions for the ferry. And then we look at the map. We're already too far gone. At this point, like, the night has settled in. It's like that, like, darkness when, like, it's about to be, like, real dark. So then we have no choice but to go to the ferry. So then, so then on the way, I buy tickets. We get to the ferry just in time to leave for the 8 o'clock. Like, it said, like, get there at 7.30. We got there right at 7.30. And then, um... Yeah, then we board the ship, and then oh, I was, get... Was a great time. So we board the ship. I give... I, like, look around. This is my first time on the ferry, by the way, too. I give Jimmy this devilish grin, because I'm, like, excited. <laughs> like, that yeah. was kind of fun. She was just happy that, like, hot was, dogs were for sale. Yeah, I was like, hot dogs on a boat? Yeah. With your car? Okay, you know what I genuinely enjoyed about this ferry? I just think it's really funny how, like... It's a boat, but your car is with you. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why. I just think that's really amusing. Like, I kept freaking out and being like, oh, my God, I forgot something in the car. And I'm like, oh, wait, the car is with us. Yeah. And we're crossing this body of water. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, you want to talk about the drunk people? Oh, yeah, yeah. So then there was, a, I don't know, there's just, like, a really rowdy crew uh, on the boat with us. Um, and there was a woman that was transporting a couple... Um, like precious like pure labradoodle, breed. like yeah these like labradoodle puppies like one was like a kind of merle no like, that one was expensive looking yeah. like a oh, yeah. pedigree like, like these blue. are like 3k like probably like 5k dogs. didn't you hear her say 5k yeah. these are like 5k and, precious dogs and uh yeah so the, these two adorable little labradoodles mm-hmm. um and like with this other woman and then she for some reason decided it was a good idea to just like let the drunk people kind of like hold her dogs the whole time well i think and what then, happened was the drunk people manhandled the dogs and she had nothing she hadn't she couldn't do anything but just she, watch she easily could have but um but she but they she just watched on as this group of like 10 rowdy drunk people pass around these precious little golden doodle puppies and it just makes us laugh and think like these owners that paid this much money to have these dogs transported have like no idea their precious little petunia is yeah. being manhandled by a guy that smells like Miller Light or something. Yeah. You know? Like they're drinking. They were all drinking Bush Light. That's the class oh of people that we had on board with. Uh, and then one of the guys like had this like face rash that kept progressively getting worse, and they kept kind of shouting like, "Ah, oh, I think he needs Benadryl." And like Connie and I are looking at each other and we're like, "He fucking needs." I'm like, do we have to be the healthcare providers on this boat right now? Because I am not. But he was hammered, so I wasn't about to actually go tell him, like, hey, take a Benny. Uh, But, like, I really wanted, like, to, when we left, just be like, all right, he does need Benadryl. I actually thought of him last night before I went to bed. Yeah, I was like, I hope he's okay. He might be in an ER near you right now. Yeah, no, uh, I was no like like I wanted to ask. I was like, is his airway okay? Can yeah. he breathe okay? Is there anything? And I don't know if you were paying enough attention to this, mm-hmm. but they were kind of like scheming of like ways to like get the dog away from the woman transporting it. Yeah. Like at one point, their plan was just to punch her in the face. Wait, what? Before, like, as we got off the ferry, <laughs> I didn't hear that. Yeah, and they're like, let's just crack her and then grab Wait, the that's dog what and they were go. Talking about? Oh my god. Yeah. However, it was really entertaining. Like, these people would have been fine to, like, put on MTV for a show. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, that's what you missed this week. Um, last but not least, Jimmy. <laughs> I have to keep this moving. <sighs> All right. We're just going to share our each of our top two Relish. tips for people in relationships. This is for any of the people coupled up with their booze that are listening to this, um, since Elizabeth Karina's section is going to be focused on single people. So, do you want me to go first? Well, why don't uh, we go together with our mutual one? Okay, so we both agreed on this one, which is weeknight week dinners. No! <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Wait week... three, two, one. Weeknight week dates. dates. Okay, good. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, anyways, I think the key to our relationship is I love a good Wednesday night date because you need that little, like, boost of something to look forward to. Yeah, so anyways, I just like having a date on a Wednesday, specifically, like, an out to eat, which is what we call an out. Um, I just like to go out to eat a lot in general. Yeah, so she likes to spend my money. <laughs> I was just gonna say, it's on Jimmy's dime every time. But, but... it's okay, because, like, it's an investment in our future. Okay, so then do you want me to say my other one? Yeah, sure. Okay, so my other best, like, relationship advice is, obviously everyone always says, like, communication is really important. Like, that's, like, a given. Um, but I think, like, a level deeper to that that a lot of people in relationships need to think about is, and, like, honestly, this is for anyone that disagrees in general, is, like, the other side doesn't believe something for nothing. Like, people don't believe something for nothing. Meaning... If someone's saying that they feel this way, if someone's saying, like, they believe this, you can't just, like, automatically discredit their feelings because, like, they wouldn't just say it unless they didn't feel it, right? So let's say I'm, like, I'm, like, I really like these dumplings. And then Jimmy's, like, I hated these dumplings. Like, the impulse is to be, like, what? Like, I like these dumplings. Like, what are you saying? But you have to realize, okay, this is, like, not a good analogy because this is, like, way too deep for, like, dumplings. But you just have to, like, be considerate of other people's opinions and recognize that, like, you might not fully understand where they're coming from, but you have to understand that they're coming from someplace for a reason. So um, because of that, you have to, like, try to work through any issues that you may have. Because honestly, like, in any relationship, you're going to have some sort of disagreement, some sort of, like... Um, like, you're gonna have something come up, and that's not really what makes, like, a couple good or bad. It's, like, how well you can kind of handle those types of challenges. So, yeah, that is my two cents, is, <laughs> I guess, like, don't gaslight your partner. Yeah. <laughs> okay, anyway, so what are your top two tips? Yeah, I, I've, uh, I've been gaslit a handful of times. <laughs> uh, I will say we're in a pretty safe and healthy relationship overall. Uh, <laughs> the dumplings are good! <laughs> the dumplings are fine right now, um... My first one is to always make sure that your partner uh, feels loved. Um, you're, you know, different people have different love languages. Um, you know, for example, like, uh, you know, Connie really is into like cuddling as like a wet, like a, you know, kind of physical touch. I am. Thing. Yeah. Well, you I like, thought acts of service was mine. You like being? Well, I'm getting there. Oh, okay. Um, but she, so she likes physical touch and acts of service. Um, she likes when I do things for her. If uh, you know, I give her cuddles and take care of her when she feels sad. Yeah, but I don't like PDA, though, is the thing. She doesn't like PDA. She just likes a little private cuddle on the couch, uh, and that's fine. Um, we'll keep it that way. Maybe in a few years we'll have an OnlyFans. Where <laughs> Why do you have to do this? Okay, <laughs> anyways, go on. Um, and so I think this is important because I think in the early relationship when you're in that honeymoon phase, you're always sending super cute things and, like, saying, like, lovey-dovey stuff. Um, but, like, after, like, that kind of falls away, like, you're still, like, in the relationship, and you're still, like, excited to be there, like, and you don't want out, but, like, it, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, you have to, like, find different ways to express your love, because you're not going to stay in that, like, I sent some of the most (laughs) sickening text messages to Connie when we first started dating. She could give you a comedy. It was, like, so (laughs) sick. Like, and, like, and I guess, like, there's a sweet little boy inside of me that likes to say those things. No, I feel like it was, like... But now our, like, average conversation at night is, like, you fart? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you too? No, I feel like you had, like, 22 years of repressed, like, good boyfriend energy, yeah. but, like, no girls would give None you a None of chance. the girls saw it. <laughs> so then Connie finally, the once we started dating, it just, like, all came out. <laughs> yep. Um, 
but that's then, a really like, good yeah, point so, though. So like eight years in now, like Connie and I are still together, obviously, and like we don't we, want out. <laughs> we don't want out. Still, still doing good. Um, dumplings are primo. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I could send her super gross, cute text messages, but Ew. then she'll be like, "Oh my god, is he about to leave me?" Like, <laughs> it would be concerning. You know. If I sent her like month one texts, you know what's eight like years so in. funny? Um, I don't know if I even want to share this. Just the, share it and we'll edit it. Remember, out. remember when we first started dating? We would send each other so many emojis. It would be like, oh yeah, we had, like literally like a like specific order of like bear, puppy, okay. and like. So this is the exact order I remember. So every night, this is how disgusting we were. Um, every night before we would go to bed, because like we we lived separately, we would send like a, like a oh like good night text, and then every good night text had to include the following sequence of emojis. It was like twelve emojis. It was kiss face, and then for me, I would send him the grizzly bear, and he would send me the panda bear, and then it would be like kiss face specific bear, and then it would be like puppy 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 bunny bunny. Yeah, <laughs> it was just like so ridiculous. Oh. And, yeah, you know, we're still going strong. Yeah. Um, but anyways, those were really good tips. Wait, so to summarize, your tips were... Oh, that was only the first tip. Wait, no. Oh, okay. Oh, we okay. had a shared tip of the night. What, what was my other one? I had another one. No, I thought those were two different tips. I thought your yeah. first tip was uh-huh. to always make them feel love, but then your yeah. second tip was, like, that love... Showing them love may look different, like, the first year Oh, no, no, year. that's all just one tip. Oh, good. Uh, but what I, I told you earlier what it was. We... Just to break the fourth wall, we did kind of at least we had to think about this. <laughs> we had our own hot girl huddle. <laughs> Wait, really? You had another one? I thought so. It was pretty good too. Wasn't it weeknight dates? Nah. Well, like that. No, that was our shared one. Oh, I really thought it was the two the um, make them feel loved and then the eight year thing. Uh, oh, I think another thing is like to. I forget what it is, but here's another one. Um, you should always be like, you know, in a relationship, like, put effort into things that are important to your partner, even if they're not important to you. Oh, that's really nice. Say, um, like, one saying that, like, is very common in our household, I feel like we say it multiple times, even, like, a day, is, like, it means more to you. <laughs> so, like, basically, if we're ever eating something, and then there's, like, one thing left, whoever likes it more, like, like... Like, usually, if we have, like, buffalo mac and cheese or something. I know that, like, Jimmy likes that a lot more. So, I'll say, like, oh, it, it means more to you. You can finish the last one. Remember the time that we um, saved the last Fig Newton for each other? Yeah. But then it just kept sitting there. <laughs> yeah. And it got we, old. Like, we, like, sometimes rather let food grow mold than, <laughs> like, you know, deny someone the last bite of something. And that's what love is, everyone. I think, at least for us it is. It's, it's a little, we're a little weird. Yeah. Um, we're, we're a little but yeah, weird, yeah, but, yeah. but uh, yeah. Anyways. And now, well, now we're going to go play Digimon. Um, we're having a lot of fun. Uh, Connie finally kind no of comment. understands <laughs> how to play. Uh, yeah. We made the mistake of trying to play on the couch the other day. Uh, this is a flat, hard okay, surface. They don't need to hear game. this part. Okay, anyways, I uh, promised Jimmy that if yep. he recorded with me that I would play Digimon with him. So yes. I'm going to end it on this. Um, anyways, it was great to have you, Jimmy. Maybe we'll have you back right. at some point. What game do you want to play next week? What? I don't Monopoly? Know. No, I'm not playing that. Yeah, playing Monopoly! That. Stop screaming. I'm not playing that game. <laughs> okay, anyways, I'll see you guys later. Bye! Oh, wait. Yeah, now, now time for the main episode. Bye!
everyone. So today I'm super excited. I have Elizabeth here. Elizabeth, I was wondering if you could just start by, you know, just telling all of us how your path to becoming a dating coach has been just because I don't think I actually know any dating coaches. So I'm like super curious what the path and training and all that kind of stuff is like. Yeah, yeah. So I started out just being fascinated by relationships and dating and understanding men and women, you know, back in my like very like early, early 20s. Um, So it had always been a topic that I was interested in and trying to figure out. And I was kind of like feeling like I was stumbling around in the dark when I started dating. And I was just (laughs) like, what am I supposed to be doing? How is this supposed to work? You know, does he like me? Does he not? And what am I supposed to do? Do I text? Do I not text? You know, all of those questions. Um, And so I I started just wanting to learn about it just for myself (laughs) to understand how to do it and and not have like all of the anxiety and the confusion and, you know, just trying to figure it out. Um, You know, I've always been interested in in people in psychology and just understanding, you know, how we work and why we work the way we do. And um, so it kind of just naturally flowed into, hey, like, let's just understand this dynamic between men and women and romantic relationships. So it was, you know, confusing and it was hard for me (laughs) when I was younger. you know, I made a lot of mistakes. I, you know, tried a million different approaches. I read, and back then there weren't really dating coaches. There were like eBooks you could download. So yeah, I bought like literal books, like eBooks. I just like anything I could find that would help me try to figure out what was going on. And so that's where I started. Um, and with that information, I started to just like help friends and, and, you know, like, oh, well, you know, maybe this is going on, or he did this, maybe it means that, or, you know, just kind of coming at it more from the informational perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, I had some boyfriends, had experience dating and and realized like, wow, like something's not working. (laughs) (laughs) Like I keep ending up in the same situations with these guys. Um, you know, so at one point, you know, guy was like really into, he seemed like everything on my list, um, ended up like kind of pulling away and and essentially ghosting. Mm -hmm. And it was just this moment where I had been like, you know, I really want to meet my future partner. And it was so upsetting and frustrating. So I just remember like sitting down one day and I was like, okay, you know what? Like, there's like a common denominator here in all of these experiences that I've had. And, And like, that's, me so maybe <laughs> yeah. there's something that I'm still not getting and so you know I, I bought another program and I thought it was again more of the informational but it actually turned out to be a lot more about like looking at your belief systems and how you were thinking and it was a moment where something kind of clicked and I was like oh so like maybe <laughs> it's how I'm thinking about these things and like what are the belief systems that I'm having um so that was like one of those moments where I was like oh okay like there's something here um and then I, I started to delve into a lot more of the the inner work and the healing work and, and the deeper work um, and just realized that there was so much going on inside me <laughs> that was contributing to what was going on with men that before I had been totally unaware of. Um, and so that was the turning point for me, changed everything and how I was dating, uh, met my partner. And, you know, I was at the time uh, a teacher 
And I thought I'd be doing that for my whole life, but um, there just came a moment where I, I was so deep at that point into personal development and inner work and healing. And I just was so passionate about it. I realized like, I don't, I don't feel the passion I used to feel about teaching that I do about this. Um, and I, I just had that like inner calling that like, I think I'm meant to be doing this. Like I'm meant to be helping women like through that same kind of work that, that I had to do. Um, mm. And so I, I went and got certified. Um, and at first it was just self-love work, but what I really wanted to be doing was the work around like dating and men. Um, so eventually it, it kind of went into that because that was always what I wanted to talk about with everyone. It's what I wanted to help all my friends with. Um, yeah. So I eventually was like, okay, you know what? Dating coach, that's what I really want to help people do. So long-winded answer, <laughs> but that's how I got there. <laughs> That's so beautiful, though. I love how organic, I guess, your path to becoming a dating coach has been because it was, I feel like sometimes the best things come out of like a genuine place of like need first, because it's like you really understand like being on the other side of it. Um, Yeah, so one of the things that really stood out to me when I found your profile, she has an amazing profile on Instagram, by the way, Um, we'll definitely plug that at the end of this. But um, some of the things that really attracted me to your Instagram were it seemed like you know, with like dating, it kind of seems like a very like gray area type of thing. Like it's like very personalized. Right. But I like how a lot of what you discussed about rewiring your beliefs, um, things like helping yourself with shadow work and things like that. It seems like very tangible. Um, so I wanted to touch upon like both of those things, like first rewiring your beliefs, um, because Mm -hmm. that seems to be like one of the biggest catalysts, right. For when you realize, so do you have any tips, I guess, for people at home for in terms of ways that they can really rewire their beliefs? Yeah. And I, so I think like the, to kind of, for anyone who doesn't really understand why that might matter, it's, it's really about whatever we're believing is, is what we go out and look for. (laughs) It's what we'll settle for. It's what we think we can have. It's what we think men are or aren't. It's literally like it's shaping everything about how we're approaching dating and making our decisions and how we're feeling about ourselves through that whole process. So um, when I started doing that work, it wasn't, so there's kind of two levels to belief work, right? There's like literally just like the thoughts I'm thinking and like being aware of that. But then there's kind of the deeper level, which really kind of underpins what beliefs we're having and what thoughts we continue to go to, um, which really has to do with, I call it your love blueprint um, when we're talking about love and relationships. because that's kind of like our subconscious wiring around love about around men around relationships around like what is possible for us in that so when i started to do that work and really started to do that deeper work what i realized is there is a whole subconscious level underneath the way i'm operating um and what i'm choosing and why i'm choosing it that i had literally i had no awareness of um so you know, it's complex work because what we're really talking about is, you know, things that happened in childhood that we created meaning from, that we may have trauma around, um, that there's really an emotional, um, like, grounding in us, in in our bodies, in our nervous systems, um, that is determining kind of how we're interpreting the world and experiencing the world and what we're drawn to and what we're not drawn to. So when I, when I talk about, you know, belief work, it's really actually doing that much deeper work to be like, okay, so what's the subconscious wiring that I have that's controlling 
how I'm showing up. And it's not just in my love life, it's literally everywhere. Um, so that really requires like, we're gonna go back to like, okay, in childhood, what was your experience of love? What happened in your family? What did you get love for? What did you not get love for? What did you think was possible for you and not possible for you? What was the modeling that you saw around love relationships? Um, and you know, that also goes into school so much. So many of us have trauma and negative beliefs about ourselves because of what happened in school, whether it was like you had a learning disability and school was really hard or, you know, girls bullied you or boys bullied you or whatever it is, but those things we make meaning from, right? Like someone behaves a certain way towards us and we make that mean something about ourselves and what's possible. Um, so belief work is really about digging deep in to be like, okay, so like what, it, what is my framework for all this stuff? And like, where did that come from? So you can actually heal the original place it's coming from because it's one thing to be like oh you know I'm worthy or I'm lovable and like repeat that mantra in your head but you won't necessarily believe it until you've healed why you don't think that to begin with so like I feel like I have a vague understanding of what shadow work is it sounds somewhat similar Mm -hmm. I would guess to shadow work is um could you like shed some light on that for anyone that's like new to shadow work and things like that Yeah. Yeah. So shadow work is, yes, it is looking at what are some of the beliefs that I've taken on things about myself, things about what makes me good enough or not good enough, what I can be, what I can't be. Um, So when we're talking about shadow work, yeah, we're, we're looking at different parts of ourselves that we've rejected that we don't think we can be, or don't think are good enough or acceptable or lovable. Um, And so, yes, there's the things that we're caring about ourselves that we've rejected we'll often see that those in other people. And, and so like when we see ourselves being triggered by someone else or judging someone else, um, that can be a way in to be like, oh, okay, like what, do, what is that showing me about what I believe and what I'm not allowing myself to be or do or judging myself for, but externalizing it on someone else. I feel like we all get triggered by something, you know, in our day-to-day Um, like different things trigger us because of different reasons. And sometimes I feel like it gets to the point where you understand that it's a trigger, but then you don't know where to go from there. It's like, I know I get triggered by X, Y, and Z. And like, I know I can avoid it to some extent, but do you have any tips for how to really like, I guess, like heal our triggers? Like what's, what are some like tangible, like actionable things we can do? Yeah. Um, so I would say that the basis of when I'm doing inner work with clients and, and teaching inner work, like really the basis of what we're doing is we are looking for triggers because that shows us where there are wounds that shows us where there are beliefs that are working against us. Um, and so I would say the way into your inner work is always going to be, okay, what is triggering me? <laughs> because then you can go inside and be like, okay, so what's actually going on inside me? This is a process of like really sitting with yourself and getting curious about these different parts of yourself that are getting triggered. You know, if there's a a man who disappears and it feels so terrible or he doesn't respond for a certain amount of time and you're feeling all of that anxiety, like that's a trigger. And so what you would want to do is be like, okay, so actually that there's a trigger here, you know, whether what he did is okay or not but it's showing me that there's something in me that's getting triggered by that behavior that gets to be looked at and gets to be healed. So you would sit with yourself um, and really try to find 
what is the fear behind it? Like, what is this trigger showing me or telling me about my, what's going on in me and my belief system, the fear that I may have. So we start to just really look at it and question it and be like, okay, so what's here? What's here? And we can go deeper and, and deeper and deeper with that to, yeah. to really get to the core. And another question I have that's like sort of similar in terms of triggers, I feel like um, when I was scrolling through your page, I thought it was really interesting. You had some posts about self-sabotage specifically, like not just in your love life, but also in your, you know, your life, your career, things like that. Um, I was wondering if you could shed some light on, you know, small ways that self-sabotage shows up in our day to day. And then also like ways that we can kind of control that. So a book that I think just really explains this super well is a book by Gay Hendricks um, called The Big Leap. He talks about this as being an upper limit problem, um, which means that there is a part of us that is afraid <laughs> by whatever that is. So um, a certain level of success or you know, a, a relationship that seems to be going well or, or meeting this guy who seems to be really great. Um, and then in some way we sabotage it, right? We do something to, to stop it going so well. Um, you know, what that really is, is, is it's like an upper limit problem. Like I can't, it can't be that good. I can't have that much good in my life. Um, it's, not what it's, you're scary. Used to. it's not what I'm used to. It, it doesn't reflect what I think I'm worthy of. Um, there's something that we're afraid of actually a part of us right um and this is typically when i'm talking about like what's subconsciously there it's probably not something we're aware of consciously but it's it actually feels scary to a part of us um and so self-sabotage is is really a form of self-protection um because i'm trying to avoid something so what you would look at is okay what am i afraid like this part of me is afraid of something it's trying to avoid something what is that right so if things are going really well like say like I run a business in my business I have a really great month like you know things are going really well and then you know I slip up in some way I do something um, that stops that momentum it would be like okay so part of me does not feel safe <laughs> with this level right so what is the fear and can I help this part feel safe with this level like maybe it's a fear of more visibility what will people think maybe they won't like me uh, I'm afraid of people being mad at me right so there's always like something that we're trying to protect ourselves from yeah can you explain so like in like a specific example let's say like someone you're dating someone and then you it's going really great and then so like we said like that kind of scares you right because it's like not really what you're used to so then you do some form of self-sabotage to try to make it feel more normal again and to like sabotage the relationship so then in the relationship realm what um can you give like an example of how to feel safe in like that sense yeah so let's say you know you're dating a guy and he's like really great and everything seems to be going well and then there's like the fear sets in this this you know especially like somebody who's like fearful avoidant could be any attachment style like might have a strong reaction to it because it feels not normal to them right it's like i'm not used to this like is this real can i trust this um, and so like in that case, like you having that self-awareness, first of all, of like, why am I behaving this way? Like, why am I maybe causing arguments or fights where there don't need to be any, like having that self-awareness of like inside my body, I am feeling discomfort right now. And then you can go sit with yourself and be like, okay, so like, what is going on? What am I afraid of working first with your own triggers? And then you can go bring that 
to the partner like when you've gotten some self-awareness around it to be like wow like I'm finding myself like kind of scared right now like this is kind of scary for me this doesn't feel normal to me I don't know you know like so then first working with yourself though to be like okay like actually I'm safe like actually there's no reason I need to run away right now like breathe doing that work with like the inner child or whatever part of you it is that's freaking out to be like okay we haven't seen any red flags like I think we're okay you know and like doing the self-soothing self-regulation work um it's hard to do though unless you have that awareness that like wow something is feeling weird in my body and like sitting with yourself to just like get the clarity around what that is and you mentioned something um you mentioned the attachment styles that's one thing I like actually learned for, I've, I'd heard of it before but I learned a lot about it since following you <laughs> and reading through all of your <laughs> posts um but I was wondering if you could tell anyone unfamiliar um with attachment styles exactly like what they are like like the is it three or four different types so generally it's like split into four types so there's secure attachment, which is somebody who, um, you know, is securely can securely attach to people, right? So that's the healthy version of the attachment styles. And then you've got the insecure attachment styles. So you've got anxious, you've got avoidant, you've got fearful avoidant, and you may have something else. Sometimes people talk about, but those are really the main ones. And most people know anxious and avoidant. Fearful avoidant is a mix of both. Um, so those attachment styles, if you're one of the insecure attachment styles, will be the reason that you are self-sabotaging in relationships. That is literally the root of why. And it tends to be the root of why uh, we struggle when we're trying to find a relationship or in relationships because we're not necessarily attracted to the people who are best for us or healthy for us. Um, and, you know, we can have behaviors that sabotage relationships. Um, so that's kind of what they are. Did you ask <laughs> what the different ones were? Yeah, if you could just give like a yeah. breakdown. Yeah, so um, anxious attachment. This is somebody who has a lot of anxiety around abandonment, essentially rejection, abandonment. Um, and so it is really hard for them to self-soothe. So if a partner feels distant, if they feel like they're pulling away, if they just aren't hearing from them consistently, um, or just like always on hyper alert, very hyper vigilant for any signs that this person might abandon me, might leave me. Um, and so that's why it's anxious attachment because there's this constant underlying anxiety um, around that person leaving them. Underlying that is a low sense of self-worth. So it's the fear that really I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. Um, so that's anxious attachment. Avoidant attachment is kind of the opposite. It's, it's someone who is not, they're very hyper-independent. They're afraid of getting too close to someone, too matched with someone, um, losing their independence, losing their autonomy. Um, and for this person, again, it, there actually is a fear of rejection underneath that. It's just a different reaction to something that happened in childhood. So um they're kind of like polar opposites, but they still have kind of the same wounds, actually. It's just that they reacted differently, have different coping mechanisms. Um, fearful avoidant is someone, like I said, who's a mix of both. So this is a person who, uh, and by the way, that was mine, um, is both wants love and is afraid of abandonment and like really wants that partner and feels that really strongly, like anxious attached. 
Um, but at the same time, getting too close to someone is very, very scary. Um, and that's typically because love is associated with pain. Um, that's kind of the belief system that the fearful avoidant has around love. Like so that person might hurt me. Um, so they have the avoidant part too. It's like, if that person gets too close, then I run away. Um, if I see any potential red flag, I, it, even if it's not real, uh, I run away because I don't want to be hurt. Um, so that's a fearful avoidant and then secure. So that's the one I, is that's like the healthy one that, that we would all want to be. Um, that's where you're comfortable with some distance. You're comfortable with closeness. You're flexible. You trust the other person. You're very open to connection. You're centered in yourself. You have good self-worth. Um, so that's the secure attachment. Got it. And just yeah. out of curiosity, do you tend to find like certain attachment styles gravitate towards others? Like, is there, is, is it like, because you're a really anxious one, do you tend to cling on to like one type? Like, do you see any common combos? <laughs> Yes. The most common one is anxious and avoidant together because they both together. trigger each other's wounds. Right. Cause those wounds yeah. are like you said, like stemming from the same thing. Right. But then they reacted differently. Yeah. So the anxious person wants more than anything, someone who loves them and is there for them and they feel secure and safe, but they are attracted to someone who doesn't feel <laughs> secure and safe and who like, causes their abandonment anxiety to like go through the roof because that person is more distant and that person who's more distant at that avoidant type is afraid of losing their independence is afraid of becoming too enmeshed with someone and they're but they again they do want that love they do want to feel like there is somebody who wants them and so they're kind of attracted to the anxious person um, almost as if they balance each other out, but then they typically end up triggering each other's wounds constantly. So, um, but that's the most common one. One thing that stuck out was when you mentioned the, um, what was it? The, the anxious type, you mentioned, you know, like that they might have difficulty self-soothing. Um, what are like some ways that someone that, that might identify as an anxious attachment style self-soothe? Like what are some good ways for someone to self-soothe? So I think, this one is really, really, really important to do that inner child work um, because mm -hmm. the reason that they're not self-soothing is because they don't know how they, they really, really need to reparent themselves. So they've got that inner child that is so afraid of abandonment, didn't feel like they were getting that consistent love as a child. Like my parents are here sometimes gone sometimes. And, and so that creates that anxiety. I don't know when they'll connect with me. I don't know when they'll come back yet they are dependent on that person coming back in order to be regulated. And so for the anxious attached person, it's really being able to sit with that, feel that and like be there for their inner child, which is the one that is so afraid I'm going to be abandoned um, and do that reparenting work. That's like the most important thing. There are like other things that you can do in the meantime to help, but really to like help to heal that it's, it's the reparenting work with their inner child. What about yeah. for the other two, the, um, the, the avoidant and then the fearful. So the avoidant, that one is, is actually learning to feel, to go to people <laughs> for comfort, to go to people, to be vulnerable because that the avoidant is very afraid of being vulnerable. Um, and so actually it's the opposite. Like you actually need to train mm -hmm. your nervous system to feel safe, to open up to someone, to go to someone. Uh, for comfort, like 
it's, it's literally like the opposite. So it's training the nervous system to do that instead, because they're very, very, very good at self-regulating. In fact, that's the only way they know how to regulate. Um, and so they're going to have to go against what feels comfortable and be like, I'm going to go to them instead. Still has to do with doing the inner child work though, because that inner child thinks that person's not going to be there. Right. So mm-hmm. it's still inner child work, <laughs> but in yeah, terms of the experiential, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For someone, like we said, we were saying how, you know, for someone with like an avoidant style, like you just said, it would be helpful for them to push themselves to be more vulnerable. Um, Say like someone with that style didn't have someone to like go to. Could they practice that with like being more vulnerable in general with like friends and family? In their relationships, um, it's incredibly helpful to do this work around vulnerability with a therapist or, a, you know, a coach who knows how to, to guide you through that work, because that you get to practice vulnerability with them and like feel what that's like and kind of teach the nervous system like I'm, it's safe to do that. I'm going to be okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, practicing with other people. Yeah. Now switching gears a little bit, but um, the majority of my audience and who this podcast is really for is for young women, specifically in healthcare. You know, it seemed to, it, mm-hmm. it matches your client profile really well because we're all, you know, super high achieving women. Um, first, I was curious if you see, like, what are the most common, maybe like one to three mistakes, I guess, or I don't even want to call them mistakes, but one to three kind of traits of these high achieving or, you know, these like us women in healthcare, if you see like patterns. Yes, they're, they're general trends for <laughs> high achieving women. And this, again, your attachment style is going to impact this too. Um, but yeah, so I see a lot of high achieving women, we, we overly identify with our achievements, right? Um, so our, our work, what we did in school, just like achievement, um, versus seeing our own like inherent worth as a human being. Um, and so the way that we can end up showing up to dating is kind of like, like I'm being interviewed and I need to get them to like me and, and kind of, um, approaching it that way versus approaching dating as like, be just being me. <laughs> I'm just going to show up. I'm just going to have a good time. I'm just going to get to know this person. Um, so that's the first thing is like just the pressure that uh, high achieving women will, will put on ourselves uh, to be a certain way so that someone will like us. Um, and, and thinking that often we think that that comes from what, you know, what we've done or our bodies or just thing external things versus just our own inherent worth. The second thing that I see, and this kind of comes with the first one is like, we will approach dating kind of like an interview, like a checklist, um, like coming from what I call like a very masculine energy, that goal oriented energy, because we are that way in our careers, right? It's what got us to be successful. And so we then approach dating and our relationships like that with that same kind of like goal oriented energy of like taking control and making things happen. Um, and so like my clients have to like relearn or learn how to kind of like go of that control, be able to go with the flow more. And that can be really, really, really hard for high achieving women to do. So yeah, yeah. Um, so those are some of the big ones, like really, really big ones that I see. Another thing that I like feel like is a common trace. Well, I don't know if this necessarily makes sense, but I feel like people pleasing is kind of like a really huge thing. Um, or at least like I noticed it a lot in myself growing up. And it's made it hard sometimes for me to 
really truly like know like is this how I feel is this what I think or is it me trying to people please so um Mm -hmm. do you just have any first off I guess do you have any tips on how to like spot if you're subtly subconsciously like people pleasing in your relationships and then also ways that you can really handle that yeah, so uh, I would agree. Uh, a lot, a lot of women struggle with people pleasing. Um, so I would say that the way that this might be showing up, and I'll talk about dating because that's kind of where I'm working with women. Is uh, people pleasing definitely looks like, like I was saying, like trying to show up a certain way on a date, say the things that you know you think will make him like you. Uh, performative femininity instead of authentic expression of self some women will like learn oh like it's I'm supposed to behave this way or you know and it's performative we're trying to like get them to like us right we're not being who we are we aren't necessarily expressing what's true for us um kind of hiding things about ourselves um that looks like you know we're not comfortable with something so (laughs) those are some of the ways Um, And I would say in terms of just like, how do you handle that? This again goes back to belief systems because this all comes from something learned somewhere um, about, you know, how you get love and who you need to be and and what's okay or not okay. Um, And so it's really like looking back at those belief systems that are underpinning, why am I doing this? And what am I afraid will happen if I don't? Mm -hmm. that's so interesting I've never thought about that before but when you said like performative femininity can you maybe like go more into that and like ways that you can really Mm -hmm. tap into your more authentic feminism yeah um so performative femininity is when we think we need to be a certain way and we are performing it right and it's not a natural outpouring like from just who we are Um, and so I, I see this a lot with, with women who are, they're struggling with dating and they're trying to figure out what do men like? And by the way, like, I totally read all that stuff and like tested it out (laughs) at some point. Um, and it's like, we're trying to make him like us, right? Again, it's about trying to manipulate someone. So they'll like us, which is people pleasing. Um, so anytime that you're, you're not really just being you, you're showing up in a way you think you're supposed to show up, that's performative. And it doesn't even have to be femininity. It could be whatever it is. So I think the caveat to that though, is that then we can be like, oh, well, I'll just be myself. But maybe you've got a lot of wounds and triggers (laughs) that are coming out instead. And so that's like your shadow work. That's like, okay, that's not okay either. So the real work is to be like getting back to like your heart, opening your heart, right? loving yourself, accepting yourself and opening your heart to other people. Right. Because we can also go to the route of like the self-love self-worth and like, I hate men. (laughs) They're unworthy of me, Um, (laughs) which no, like that's not going to be your authentic self coming through. That might be wound speaking. And you said something that like really struck me. It was the, um, the idea of, I guess, like, well, just like self-love in general, like that's something that I'm always trying to cultivate. I feel like it's hard, especially like, so my experience with like being in school for so long and things like that, it's kind of like what you said earlier, we attach our self-worth and almost therefore self-love with our achievements. So it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. I can love myself if I get all A's, I can love myself if I do this, like that, like very like checklist kind of things. Um, But that's obviously not healthy because that's very like conditional, right? Um, so how do you really cultivate, like, do you have any like tips for how to cultivate (laughs) self-love? 
it sounds so yeah, sad it's I, like you know you wish that we it's like I wish that I knew and I should know by now but it's like I don't know it's like one of the toughest parts I feel like of my mid-20s at least yeah yeah so like you know I mentioned in the beginning my journey to this work was self-love um so ultimately at the end of the day that's what we're all that's what I'm doing <laughs> it's self-love work that um like tips things that you could just take away right now um yeah, so I remember when I started to realize like wow I really struggle with self-love um one of the most powerful things that um I did was something called mirror work where you, this is where you sit in front of a mirror like you look at yourself in the mirror but you look at yourself like you would someone you're like madly in love with. Cause we can look at ourselves and like judge our, you know, wrinkles and oh my God, pimple here and whatever. Um, but it's like, you look into your eyes, like you would a person you're deeply madly in love with. And then you can say things to yourself that you would really like to feel towards yourself. Like, I love you. I love you unconditionally. You're amazing. You're so beautiful. You're so wonderful. Like whatever it is that you didn't get, somewhere in your life that has led to not really loving yourself to do that and say those things out loud to yourself. Um, I will say that like the first time I did that exercise, I think I set a timer, like five minutes, I just looked in my eyes and I had never looked at myself that way in my entire life ever. Um, and I literally burst into tears. Cause I was like, I haven't looked at myself like a human being <laughs> ever. Like I, I don't think I have myself. <laughs> when you when you said that, I was like, "What do my eyes look like?" Because <laughs> I don't. I feel like I don't look at myself like that. I'm just like, "All right, in the morning, let's go." <laughs> right. Like put on the makeup, do the hair. Like, yeah, it was a very deep, profound experience. Um, and yeah, I I like burst. I was sobbing. <laughs> it happened oh a couple God. times, and then I kind of got used to doing it. But like, you start to see yourself differently. I think we really can objectify ourselves. And that, for me, that was like the beginning of like realizing I'm a human. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I deserve know, right? my love. Um, so that that's a really powerful exercise. I was wondering, you know, you had this post that was really interesting, but I wanted to hear your personal perspective on how to really attract the type of partners that you specifically want. Um, because, mm -hmm. you know, I have a lot of friends that, are trying different things like on the apps trying to meet people and all that and they're like I'm putting myself out there but like and I know what I want but it's like not coming for some reason yeah yeah um so I think what I see is this comes down to kind of the like inner work piece it's like okay what belief systems do you have what things are you maybe thinking you need to do that you don't need to do or ways that you're showing up because of how you think you need to be or trying to protect yourself from being hurt that are kind of repelling, like they're working against you. And the other piece is like understanding men. Um, what I see a lot of the time with women who have like so much going for them, you know, like they've got their lives together, they're just wonderful people. And they're like, why do I keep meeting jerks? Or why do I keep like attracting these men on the apps that I am not interested in <laughs> and the ones I'm interested in are not interested in me and like why is that so what I see a lot of the time is that like dating profiles are not set up well um women like we're, they're not understanding what a man needs to see on a profile in order to be attracted to you like to know that you might be someone he would want to meet um and so 
if you're on the apps and you are not attracting the kind of men you want to attract, like I guarantee you it's the profile. Um, it's, there's just like no way it's not involved in why there's nobody showing up that actually, you know, is treating you well or, or, you know, someone interesting to you. Oh my God. This feels like a eureka moment. I'm like so excited for my friends that are going to listen to this. To hear this. Um, can you like give any tips on how, um, women, you know, trying to find their perfect man, how they can really like optimize their dating apps and their dating profiles. Cause one of my friends, um, we, I like asked them for some submissions, I guess, for like what I could ask you. Yeah. And they were literally like, do dating apps work? Cause they feel like it doesn't. <laughs> so yeah. Do you have any tips for optimizing dating profiles? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the first thing I would say is you've got to look at your pictures. Um, the pictures matter the most. So if your pictures are, are not just demonstrating the, the kind of energy, uh, demonstrating that you are like going to be a fun person and a nice person to be around and like the qualities that you have, um, you know, if the pictures are just not great, <laughs> um, that it's going to be like a no to a guy because that's the first thing a guy is attracted to is the way that you look. And then he gets to know you and that's when he falls in love. But on the dating apps, the, the only thing he knows about you is what's on your profile. And the first thing, he's not going to read what you wrote until he likes what he sees. So you've got to look at your pictures. I, I recommend to my clients that they get um, professional photos done, or if not, like get really high quality photos that really show them in their best light. Um, that would be like the number one thing. The second thing you need to look at is like, what have you written on your profile? Um, if there's any kind of negativity, no guy's going to want to talk to you who's a quality guy. The only ones who will write you are ones who didn't actually read your profile. So you have to make sure your profile has, does not have negativity or anger or like, don't write me if. Um, that's going to scare a guy away because he's going to be like, Ooh, <laughs> she's not nice. She doesn't like men. She's got a lot of baggage. Um, so like you want to look at what you've written and, and you want to look at it from the perspective of the man versus you because you might be writing about stuff that really doesn't impact him or matter to him at all he's reading that to be like what would it be like to be with this woman like what would she bring to my life if that's not clear from your profile again it's a missed opportunity interesting because like my instinct if like I read a friend's profile and say they have like um maybe like a negative like sense of humor I guess and I saw that they put something like negative down, I would be like, oh, like, okay, then they'll attract like some guy that will get that sense of humor, right? But you're saying that it's better to not? Yeah, for sure. Men are very afraid of, of not being accepted and, and afraid of rejection. Um, and so if you've got that there, that's like, a red, that doesn't feel good to him, the red flag. And I actually yeah. had another question going back to what you first said about how the photo is really important. So like, I'm like thinking back, I, I had a dating profile like way, way, way earlier in college before I'd met my current boyfriend and thinking yeah. about like the photos I chose, I feel like, like when you say like you're showing you in your best light, I feel like I was just choosing photos where I thought I like looked good, <laughs> but, um, would you say there's like more to that? Like you want to be like doing an activity that you love or like, is, is there mm -hmm. something beyond like just the physical, I guess? Yeah. Because if, if you've got, like, you look pretty in all your photos, but, like, he can't learn anything about who you are, again, like, a quality guy who's, like, trying to find his right partner can't tell if you are, like, if he swipes, it's because he liked the first photo. 
But the more that you have there, the more invested a man is already going to be because he's going to be like, oh, we seem to align. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes so much sense. So if you like only focused on like the more like superficial stuff, then you would attract a man that was more just looking for that. Yeah. And I mean, you need to look good in all your photos. You absolutely do. But um, yeah, beyond that, like what's the story that's being told? Oh, that's awesome. So I have, before I get to like two of my last submission questions, um, I was just curious if you had any, you know, common dating myths that you commonly hear or see in society, anything that you would like to debunk? I think one that I hear a lot from, from my, my clients or women who are just reaching out to me um, is like the fear that because I'm a successful woman, I've got my life together, you know, I make a good amount of money that I am scaring away or intimidating men because of that. Um, so that's the first one I would say that is not true. That's not why a man doesn't choose you. <laughs> Um, so that's the first one that I would say, and that's a big one for, for high achieving women is like when it's not working, we like start to think, oh, it's because of the, you know, my success, um, versus like, maybe there's something else going on with how I'm showing up on these dates and all the things that we already talked about are probably playing a much bigger role in that than how much money you make or, you know, what you do. Another one, um, is that, you know, if I, if I wait long enough, if I'm patient enough, if I'm nice enough that this guy's going to come around and choose me, right? If I learn all the right dating skills <laughs> that this guy is then going to be going to choose me, right? You know, if I'm everything he wants and I, you know, super nice. Um, and that's not true. <laughs> if a man's ready for commitment, he's ready for commitment. And if he's not, he's not. And no matter what you do and how great you are, um, that will not impact whether or not he he's going to commit to you. It has to do with what, where he is in his life and what he's ready for or not. And it so much more has to do with just where a man is in, in his development as a man than anything else. Um, what else would I say? Another one is that, you know, the way I look is the most important thing. So while we, when we talk about the dating profile, you want to look your best. That is not what makes a man fall in love with you. That might have them swipe right on you, might even have them talk to you, um, but that is never, ever, ever going to be the reason a man chooses you. Mm. So I think that's a good one because I know uh, most of us women really think that the way that we look is determining that and it, it's not. Mm -hmm. I feel like that has so much to do with too how like society has kind of like, I mean, in yeah. our like society, it's raised us to think like, oh, you mm -hmm. need this new lip gloss, you need this skincare. So, oh, so this next question, we actually already touched on it. So do dating apps work? So, okay, so your thought process is yes, dating apps do work. We're just not using them correctly. <laughs> and like, so we talked about our profiles a little bit. Do you have any like tips for anyone in terms of the actual, like the conversational part of it, like using the apps regularly or like how often to use them or anything like that? If you are going daily and you're, checking your inbox and you're swiping a little bit. Um, you know, I would say like, if there's someone that you're matched with and they're communicating or reached out to you, like my clients and I, you know, I'm not on dating apps anymore either, but my clients have observed that if they take like longer than a day to answer someone, he might move on. And, and that's, you know, there's a lot of options out there, especially like when you're first starting communication, not necessarily once you've communicated a little bit, but like that first couple communications. Um, so I think it does take like that, 
uh, decision that like, I am going to like show up for this <laughs> and not be like flighty about it and, and ghosty, you know, like if you're doing it, you're doing it. So, you know, show up for it. That actually brings up something I've noticed, like when I talk to a lot of people that like use the apps, a lot of the times they're like, oh, I like waited this long to respond because that's how long it took for them to respond. And like in my head, it just all seems so rational because I'm like, wait, but then you're never going to really talk. It's always going to be one person waiting for the next and then waiting that amount of time. So like, would you say for people, say someone, a guy messages you and then you message him back and then he takes like a long time, like a couple hours to respond, I guess. Um, the instinct would be like, okay, I have to match that energy and wait a couple hours for me to respond. So you're saying it would be better if you just like respond faster, even though like he took longer to respond. So what I would say about communication on dating apps is the goal of the dating apps is to get off the apps. So you don't want to get into this like texting conversation back and like a lot of back and forth, you know, like a million messages because ultimately like you want to meet him. You want to see if there is actually a connection. Um, and so some I've seen women get into these situations where they're talking to a guy for weeks and weeks on end and like they're not meeting. And it's like this texting situation versus like we're we're meeting and dating. Um, so like I don't necessarily recommend having like a super long conversation with the guy on the apps, you know. Um, but I would say that, yeah, like you should be living a full life. So sometimes you won't see his message right away and you won't answer right away. And if you do and you're free, then, then answer. Like, we don't, there's no reason for all the game playing. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, awesome. Well, that is all the questions I have. Is there anything else that you feel like, you know, in your day-to-day that you, like, really want to share with anyone that's out there, like, looking for their perfect partner? I think I just want to leave with, like, a hopeful note that, like, if you want to find your partner, he is out there. Like, he's out there. It just may be that there's some stuff that's getting in the way of you being able to, to recognize him, find him. But there's, there is somebody for everyone. And there's probably multiple somebodies for everyone. So yeah. I just want women listening to like take a breath and be like, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what's happened in the past. None of that defines what's possible for you in your future. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Elizabeth. This was so (laughs) eye-opening and I'm sure everyone's going to find this really interesting. So um, let us know where you can check us out. Um, Let us know your Instagram handles or your web pages or anything like that. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. First of all, I love this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was so good. Um, So you can find me on Instagram at Elizabeth Karina. That's K-A-R. I N A. my gosh, I can't spell today. Um, so Elizabeth Karina Drake, D-R-A-K-E. Um, so that's where I am most of the time. I'm also on Facebook. Uh, again, you can find me, um, Elizabeth Karina. I have a women's Facebook group. You can find that through my Instagram um, in the links. So yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Elizabeth. All righty. You're welcome. All right. I'll see you guys later. Bye-bye.